everyone. Welcome to Riverwalk Church's online campus experience. We are so excited to have you with us this morning. Hey, if this is your first time watching, first time listening, why don't you do us a favor and let us know where you are watching from. If you want to support what we're doing here at Riverwalk Church, I want to encourage you to go to riverwalkchurch.com. Go to that give portal if you want to support what we are doing here in uh, reaching our community, sharing the gospel with uh, you today. And uh, we are in the middle of an, a very exciting, exciting sermon series called The Seven Sayings of the Cross. While Jesus was hanging on the cross, he chose seven things to say to you and to I. Seven things that would kind of define his life. Seven things that will help us get through our bad days, right? Jesus hanging on the cross. It was Good Friday, right? It was good for us, not so good for him. This was his worst day. And on his worst day, he chose seven things to tell you and to tell me, right? And um, so, so we, we've been using one scripture this whole sermon series, and it's in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It says, keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. And this is where we're hanging our hats. Study how he did it. We're looking at Jesus, we're looking at the worst day, and we're saying, Jesus, how did you get through your worst day? What is it that you stayed focused on? Where was your mind? Where was your attitude? Where was your perspective during this, uh, th this time? So this sermon series is leading up until Easter. We're going to finish this sermon series on Easter and I just want to invite you to come and to be with us in person if you're local to our area, if you've been watching for a while, deciding if you want to give Riverwalk Church a shot. And listen, we want you to be here April 17th, 10 a.m. if you could be here in person. But let's look at what happened leading up to the cross. Starting on the evening before, Jesus was betrayed by one of his own disciples for money, arrested by temple soldiers interrogated by the high priest, tried with falsified evidence from the Jewish ruling council, denied by his most vocal supporter, beaten by, by temple soldiers, questioned by the Roman governor, questioned by the ruler of Galilee, questioned again by the, the Roman governor, whipped by the Roman soldiers, condemned to death by Pilate, uh, by the wishes of the locals, he was mocked by the soldiers and crowned with thorns. Forced to carry his cross to the place of execution, he was stripped, nailed to the cross, and lifted up in the air to hang from a cross until he died. From 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., Jesus makes seven statements. He makes seven sayings, says seven truths. The last seven sayings. The seven sayings, excuse me, the seven last sayings of Jesus from the cross. Seven sayings that led to God. Seven sayings that led to his presence. Seven sayings that led to the veil being torn and access to him for you and for me. The first week of this sermon series, we talked about a saying of forgiveness. Last week, we had a saying of of salvation. This week we're talking about a saying 
of relationship. Next week is a saying of abandonment, then a saying of distress, a saying of triumph, and then finally on Easter, a saying of reunion. During these messages, we've talked about Jesus being our message, our model, and our means. And we're looking at relationship today, and when I talk about Jesus and, and watching him and studying how he did it, Jesus lived the life that we were meant to live, and he died the death that we were meant to die. I want to say that again. Jesus lived the life that you and I were meant to live, and he died the death that you and I were meant to die. And Jesus handled every situation in life perfectly. We could say that Jesus is the will of God personified. And that's what we're reading and studying and learning through these seven sayings. Because we're studying how he did it. We're going to go to John chapter uh, 19, excuse me. John chapter 19, verse 25. And 27. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. This is interesting. Who is not at the foot of the cross when Jesus is speaking this? Peter's not there because he denied him. Judas isn't there because he took his own life. The rest of the disciples were hiding in Jerusalem. Even Jesus' own brothers weren't there to be be found. You know, it's ironic that uh, Jesus fed thousands taught thousands. He had a following everywhere he went until the final moments of his life. They were all about following Jesus until Jesus was the man carrying the cross up the hill to die. They were nowhere to be found. There's only one recorded disciple that was there at the foot of the cross, and that's John. And there's four women who's there with him. Three of them are Mary's, and one of those were his mother. Thousands of people followed him, but five of them was at the foot of the cross when he died. On Jesus' bad day, he had those that were closest to him. And I love the way that he responds to those people who wanted to stick it out and follow him until his death. Now, he wanted to take care of those that were with him. He wanted to make sure they had a plan for their future. And going back to last week, He was taking care of the people that were also suffering. Last week we talked about uh, in your suffering, remember the fellow sufferers that are there with you. They weren't suffering in the same way that the thieves next to them were suffering. They weren't, these people weren't suffering the same way Jesus was suffering. But emotionally, could you imagine the agony of a mother watching her son being executed? 
And in this moment, Jesus looks down with the blood dripping from his face. And, and he had uh, this one thing on his mind for his family. He was thinking, who is going to take care of my mother? And who is going to be a mother to these disciples? Who, like he's starting to paint this picture of what family truly is. And in Jesus' hardest day, he didn't choose to take it out on the people closest to him. He chose to make sure they were taken care of. Now, you and I, a lot of the times, right, we tend to wound the people that are closest to us, right? We tend to relate to everyone out of the wound that we experienced when we're not careful, right? We have a bad day. Our boss may have been, you know, rude to us. We may have got, you know, in trouble at work. We may have got a, a ticket on the way home, like something could have happened, and then we get home, if we're not careful, we'll take it out on them because of what we're feeling inside of us. We get in a mood, uh, right? Sometimes we get in this mood, and, and we're going through our bad day, and, 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 and it's like we're driving down the road, right? And we see this person about to pull out, and we're like, oh, I dare them, right? We're driving down the road, and I dare them to cut me off. I dare that police officer to give me a ticket this morning. I dare them at Chick-fil-A. No, I'm just kidding. Chick-fil-A don't get your orders wrong. I dare them at McDonald's to get my order wrong this morning, right? We get in that mood, and all of a sudden, we want to take it out on someone. We dare someone to bring it out of us, right? Right? But Jesus is showing on his worst day, he's making sure those people around him are going to be taken care of. So we have three types of people that we can find around us at all times, right? Right, three different ones. First is our constituents. Um, they aren't really into us, right? Uh, but they are uh, for what you are for, right? Like, like you have friends or constituents who, because you like to fish and they like to fish, you want to hang out so you can fish, right? Oh, you're voting for that person? I'm voting for that person, so let's, let's have this relationship built around that. Uh, they're for your cause, not necessarily a part of your community, constituents. Next to your comrades, right? They aren't, um, they aren't for you, but they're against what you're against. They're, they're willing to team up with you to fight a greater enemy, you're not really friends, uh, and you don't have much in common, but you're both against the same thing, right? And then you have your confidants, your rider dies, people who love you conditionally. These people are truly into you. They're in it for the long haul. If you get in trouble, they're getting in trouble with you. A confidant is someone you can trust. A confident is someone that you are under, right? It's someone that you believe in, someone that you're willing to help, someone you're willing to serve. There's three different dynamics here, constituents, comrades, and confidants. And we have to figure out who is who and who is really for me. Who are the people who are going to weep when I weep? And who are the people who are going to rejoice when I'm rejoicing? Your pain is their pain. My joy is their joy. In the middle of our mess, in the middle of our very last day, Jesus chose to focus in on his confidants. He wanted to take care of the people who's been taking care of him. He wanted to take care and make sure that their lives were going to be taken care of long after he leaves this earthly world. So, 
Who are the people closest to you? Who are the people that cry when you cry? They, they, they're joyous when you're, in jo- when you're celebrating. They're doing everything to lift you up and to help you. Matthew 12, 46 through 50 says, As Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mothers and his brothers stood outside asking to speak with him. Someone told Jesus, your mother and your brothers are standing outside. They want to speak to you. Jesus asked, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And he pointed to his disciples and said, look, these are my mother and these are my brothers. Anyone who does the will of the Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Listen, this morning, you are in the family of God. You're not in some franchise. You're in the family of God. I will sacrifice so you can have. And, and it will be an inconvenience for you, right? Your inconvenience is someone else's intervention. I want to say it again. Your inconvenience is someone else's divine intervention. Let's look at the Good Samaritan in this. As this man was lying on the side of the road, priests and lawyers and everyone else passed by, and they couldn't be inconvenienced by this dying man. But one good Samaritan said, you know what? I will inconvenience myself so I can take care of this man. He said, not only will I pick him up, not only will I carry him, not only will I drop him off at the hotel, the doctor, but I will make sure that all of his bills are paid for until he's back and ready to go. Family. Being a part of the family of God. That I will allow these people's shortcomings and these people's lives to be an inconvenience for me if that means I can set up a divine intervention with them, right? Their family are ride and dies. We're going to do this together. A franchise, you lay down your life for yourself because, you, you know, you got to get to the top. I will sacrifice so I can have. Do you see the difference? Family is I will inconvenience myself to better those around me. A franchise says that I will lay down my own life for my own good. I will sacrifice so I can have. Family, you celebrate diversity, right? Jesus didn't see race, religion, color. Everyone is invited to celebrate at his table. You see the woman of the well. Jesus said, hey, listen, you've had five husbands. You have five husbands. And he said, you could come and eat at my table. The woman that's caught in adultery, in the very act of adultery, Jesus says, hey, listen, you're invited to my table. The story of the prodigal son, he went, did what he wanted, wished his family was dead, and the father said, come back. You're still invited to my table. A franchise demands uh, conformity. You, you got to be in our club, you have to do what we do, and you have to say what we do, and you have to do this and do that. It's about being just like everyone else in the club. Family forgives. Family is based on relationships. Franchise keeps a record. Franchise are rule-based. See the difference? I think a lot of times we've treated churches like franchises and not families. We want you to come to our church. We want you to act like this, sit in these spots, right? Say these things, lift your hands in these moments, live this life, do as we say. And if you don't live in uniformity to us, then we get, we, we, we get rid of you, right? 
we talk about you, we excommunicate you. And that's not what God is showing us. That's not what Jesus is showing us here on the cross. He says, listen, all of you are my family. All of you are my brothers. And all of you are brothers and sisters to each other. And it's not about performance. It's not about what you do, what you say. It's about one thing, and that's Jesus Christ. So, so we kind of talked about that. We talked about Jesus as people around his cross. We talked about family and franchises and, and the people in our lives, our comrades, our confidants, all these things. And I want you to get those right and dies in your mind, right? Get those people in your mind because we have four decisions that we have got to be aware of, keeping those people in our mind so we don't take it out on them on our bad days, right? Those people who sacrifice for us those people who, who inconvenience themselves so that we could be better. Four things. We have our bad days. First is we have to identify the real problem. What is the bigger problem than the boss getting on to you at work, right? What is it, uh, the bigger problem than you and your spouse having an argument that, that sets you off? What's the bigger problem than, than the police officer pulling you over? You know, I, I had this. This is funny because um, I just had this happen the other day. I was running late to a meeting uh, of a friend, and I'm running late. I was supposed to leave 10, 10 15 minutes before I, I did, and now I'm going down the road. I'm uh, hurrying. And uh, um, all of a sudden, I, I get to this two-lane road, and there's one of those dudes holding a sign, the stop-slow sign, right? And I'm going, oh, my gosh, why are these people working here? Why are they doing this in the middle of the day? Like, you know, you know all the things we say. And, and I had to look and go, okay, it's not their fault. They're doing their job. The bigger problem is I'm running late. I chose to take longer doing that than, than, than what I should have because I should have been on my way, right? The bigger problem was time management. The bigger problem was my time management. And it wasn't the construction workers, right? It wasn't the people that was along the way. It was me. What's the bigger issues? Now, let's go up a step higher than just that. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood and enemies, but against evil rulers of authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Whew. Once again, the person next to you, right? The, the person at work, your boss, the police officer, all these people, they're not your enemies. Your enemies are our evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. The enemies of darkness, not the people around you. And we have to identify that and isolate it. What do you mean isolate it? That means that, that when, when you have a bad day, when someone comes against you, you isolate it to that moment. You isolate it to that time and you don't take it home. You don't take it to the rest of your workers, right? You don't take it out on everyone else. You isolate the issue to just the issue. And then, uh, th then what do we do? We, second, we avoid the pity party, 
right? Uh, uh, the living, uh, 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Give all of your worries and carries to God, for he cares about you. Avoid the pity party. Don't coddle your cares. Don't coddle your worries. Don't coddle the emotions of your bad day. Don't just hold and say, here's my emotions. Here's what's happened to me. I got it coddled up and swaddled up, and I'm, I'm holding all these emotions. No, the Bible says take those emotions, take those feelings, take everything that you're, you're kind of working through your mind right now and give it to God because he cares for you, right? Don't coddle this uh, your cares up. Don't coddle it. It's a viper. Your, your feelings, your emotions, the, the thoughts that you're thinking while you're going through your bad day, it's a viper who wants to hurt you and wants to hurt those people closest to you. Take those cares, take those worries, take that aggression and give it to Jesus. What's the third thing we could do? We have to live a connected life. Here is your mother. Here are your brothers. We have to forge our family ties at the foot of the cross. And listen, these are not just family members, not blood, but people born in the spirit with us. People who have been forged in the fire with us. And we forge these family ties that you are my brother. You are my sister at the foot of the cross. And there's no better place to do this than church. Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, small groups, that we are forging our relationships together as we're struggling together, as we're praising and worshiping together, as we're receiving the word of God together. And listen, I understand some of you watch from all over the country. We, we get messages for, from everywhere that, that you're watching. And, and I want to encourage you, don't just watch these sermons alone. Forge family relationships wherever you're watching this. Invite people to your house and say, hey, listen, I'm in this study, uh, the sermon series, and I think that it could be a blessing to you. Why don't you come over to my house and watch it with me? Forge your family ties together in community. In community. Why? Because there's comfort in community. You've gone through your bad days. I've gone through my bad days. And together we are going to make it because we are better together. Acts 10.2 says, um, he, this man, he was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. This man led his house well. He said, if you're in this house, uh, we are going to be a family that prays together. We're going to be a family who gives together. And we're going to be a family who serves the Lord together. That's what happens in community. We focus our efforts together. We focus our lives together to pray together, to give together, to love together. We live a connected life to get through these bad days. And the last thing we do is we look to the sun. 
to get through our bad days, the decisions we have to make to get through our bad days, we have to decide to keep our eyes on Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. Listen, God sent his son to endure his bad day so that you can make it through your bad day. Right? Our Father, who art in heaven, we look to Jesus because he is the one who is going to see us through it. He is the one who are forging relationships in our lives to make sure that we make it. And we have got to keep our eyes focused in on him. Family. Family at the foot of the cross. This is where the church was birthed. Listen, the power came at the day of Pentecost, but the church is so much more than that. Church, the church body, the, the example was formed and forged at the foot of the cross when Jesus said, here is your mother, here is your brother, now take care of each other. And the means of what we're talking about is true community, true relationship, true family, and this can only be found in Christ. These relationships that are born in the family of God are just as real as those you were physically born into. Right? So here is your mother. Here is your brother. Here is your sister. Today, we're forged together with blood. And we know each of us will go through a bad day, but I will make sure that you're taken care of. And I will make sure, uh, excuse me, and, and these relationships that we're talking about, right? The, the confidants, those people at the foot of the cross with us, these, these relationships that we choose to take care of when we're going through our bad days, right? They're forged in blood. And, and I make sure that you're taken care of when I'm going through my bad day. And when you're going through your bad day, you make sure that I'm taken care of. And, and we could do this when we acknowledge that we're both a part of the family of God, that we're brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers in the family of Christ. This is why community is so important. When you live open and honestly in front of these people that God has called you with, that, that we forged our relationship at the foot of the cross, that we, we, we bonded it together with the blood of Jesus Christ because I choose to honor you and to love you when you're going through your bad day. Community is about each of us making it through this world, and, and we don't attack each other just because we had a bad day. We don't take it out on each other just because we had a bad day. But you go, you know, even if I'm going through my worst day, i got to make sure that you're taken care of because that's what Jesus chose to do on his worst day. Struggling to breathe, pouring blood, nails through his hands, nails through his feet. And he looks down and says, take care of each other. Love each other. Forge lasting relationships with each other. Jesus knew that the only way he could forge an everlasting relationship with you is by dying on that cross. 
we are forged together with Christ because he came and he died for you and to me. And the best thing that you could do today is to acknowledge that, to accept it, and to choose to walk in a loving relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you're watching this and listening to it, you don't, you don't understand why you're here, maybe, but you just feel something inside of you saying, listen, I am longing for that type of relationship. I'm tired of superficial relationships. I'm tired of relationships that are, that, that, that are only, uh, you know, of people who are thinking about themselves. I need to know there are people who, who will be inconvenienced so I can make it. That could be inconvenienced so I can have a divine intervention in my life. That's found at the cross. And I want to pray for you right now. Lord, God, I love you and thank you uh, that we could have this opportunity to, to, to share your word. God, that we could forge our relationships. Now, God, we have a, a map. We have an idea of how to protect the people around us when we're going through a bad day. God, that you died so that we can make it. And God, as people are feeling in their spirits, they're feeling in their heart, uh, just something happened. God, I just pray right now. They pray and they say, God, uh, uh, God, I want to be with you. Jesus, I want to follow you. God, they, you cleanse them of their sins. You forgive them. And from this day forward, they walk a new life following you and understanding and accepting the love that you have for them. God, we thank you for what you're doing here at Riverwalk Church. I thank you, God, that you love us, that you care for us, that, that God, you spoke these seven truths, these seven principles on the cross that we can make it through our worst day. God, we give the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, we love y'all so much. We thank you for joining in with us. If this message spoke to you, I want you to do a couple of things. One, I want you to send us a message. I want you to say, hey, Pastor Steve, I loved the message. Uh, I felt this in my heart. Here's how you could pray with me. And the second thing you could do is share this with someone, someone who's struggling to have community, someone who's struggling uh, through their bad day. Why don't you send this, them, uh, this video, this, this podcast, and let them know that, that Jesus loves them, Jesus wants to be with them. And uh, like always, your journey starts here. And your journey starts...